0: Jalen Brown got his bag and has the highest-paid contract in NBA history. Bronny James suffered cardiac arrest. Calvin Ugly is turning heads at training camp. There are reports of PJ Fleck building a toxic culture. Jim Harbaugh might be suspended. A lot of stars are getting paid, and Alabama star is clear for training camp. Sean Payton and Robert Sala have drama. And what does it mean that the Saints are bringing in Jimmy Graham? We've got a lot to cover. On this Friday episode of Jake's Take, let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I am your host, Jacob Solomon at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's 14. Joining me later on for Christie's Corner is my co-host, Christy. You can find her on Instagram, TikTok, threads, at ChristyMeree, underscore, double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety, underscore, sport, underscore. You're home for all sports in different forms and variety. I know it's the summer, and I know we just talked about how... During this time, we're not going to be expecting a lot of basketball news, but boom, it looks like we're starting off some basketball news because Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics has signed a max deal to stay with the Boston Celtics for the next few years. It's obviously very well-deserved for Jalen Brown. You know, this is also very important because he is a big part of the Boston Celtics, but as someone who, even though I'm a huge fan of Jalen Brown, this seems a little excessive in my opinion. And I feel like with this, it's just a lot, really. I mean, he is now have the richest deal in NBA history. Now, let's break it down a little bit, too. Now, obviously, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are a great tandem, but they also just got rid of Marcus Smart, and they're expected that Malcolm Brogdon is going to be starting point guard. It's a five-year Supermax extension worth up to $303.7 million. And this was told to ESPN on Tuesday. And Brown had been meeting with Celtics management to finalize the remaining elements. I mean, he's a two-time All-Star. They didn't really want to keep him there. But it exceeds Jokic, who is a two-time MVP and just won the NBA championship with the Denver Nuggets. And now Jason Tatum is eligible for a Super ne- Next year. So right now, you know, you have just thrown 300 million dollars at Jalen Brown and then you're gonna have to figure out what you're gonna do with Jason Tatum too now was this a big reason why they were trading away Marcus Smart it could possibly be but Jalen Brown now is set to become really I guess the leader of the team because he's been there the longest I mean he was drafted in 2016 Jason was drafted in 2017 and those two are The cornerstones, you know, they're only a year apart, and they're very close. They work really well together. But Jalen Brown also has struggled with turnovers, and that's, I think, a big thing that they need to look at as well because in the playoffs, he was struggling with turnovers. Now, there's a lot more that comes to it. You know, I like that they wanted to pay him, but I feel like they paid him too much. It might have been too much. I feel like, you know, maybe a Supermax at 303 is good enough for some people, but maybe not for me. Now, this reminds me of Zion Williamson when he signed his Supermax. So when Zion signed his Supermax, it was pretty good because, you know, he needed to be in New Orleans and he wanted to be there. But his Supermax is worth up to $231 Jalen Brown's is worth up to about $70 million more. Now, with Zion, Zion has two All-Stars. So Jalen Brown, the difference is that Jalen Brown has played more than Zion. So I know that there isn't a lot to compare here, but I also feel like with this, you have a lot of players who are just going to be getting money. And I'm not saying that Jalen Brown isn't going to, you know, have a great year next year. I know it's expected. You know, he's always played in an all-star caliber game. But he's got to clean his game up. You know, he's going to be the face of the franchise now, him and Jason Tatum. So it's really important for him to. To consistently do well and improve and make sure that he's doing the right thing moving forward. So I feel like right now it leads to the next question of can the Celtics win a championship now that they have Jalen Brown locked up for the next five years? I hope so. I mean I love Jalen Brown, I'm a big fan of him. But right now it also depends on how they play. You know, they always play really well in the regular season, and then when you get to the postseason, they have their struggles. So I'm thinking that if they want to keep playing well, they need to. And you have the great pieces. You know, you've got Robert Williams of the third. You got Jason Tatum. Malcolm Brogdon, who just won sixth man of the year. Al Horford. And you've got a lot of young players, too, and a lot of players who are going to have to step up. So I feel like right now, the championship window is necessarily closing, which is why the Boston Celtics did give Jamie Brown this much money. But now they're going to have to figure out how they're going to do that again next year with Jason Tatum, because it's his turn soon. Now, moving on to our next point, which is a bit of more sad news in regards to Bronny James, who is LeBron James' oldest son. He was in the hospital after suffering from cardiac arrest. Fortunately, he has been released. He is back home now. This is just a scary situation and a really big surprise. Now, I was doing some research, and according to some of the statistics on CNN, it is more common for young athletes who play Division One basketball to have a chance of experiencing sudden cardiac arrest, if you are a young black male, you have a one in two thousand chance of experiencing it. If you are a white male who plays Division One basketball, you have a one in five thousand, according to this research. This is just terrifying because Bronny James is eighteen, and obviously, you know everyone knows who Bronny is. Everyone knows who LeBron is. And it's just terrifying. Now, fortunately, Shams did say that Bronny is going back to, I believe, USC. I don't know if he'll start practicing again. But right now, you know, he's at home resting and he's being – and he's just kind of taking it day by day. So basically what happened was that he was discharged on Tuesday night and then – He only had to spend 48 hours in the hospital. This is all just, you know, terrific. It's just scary. So really with this, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with LeBron Savannah and obviously their family along with LeBron's mom as well. But this is just crazy because this is coming in the same year as DeMar Hamlin having cardiac arrest in January. Now, Jamar Hamlin is at training camp and everyone's excited and he's excited and he's obviously thanked the doctors and the team athletic trainers as well. But this is just crazy. Now, the next question here is how does LeBron feel? Well, probably not good. I mean, you know, if you're a father and your son suffers cardiac arrest and collapses on basketball court, It's pretty terrifying, and I feel like with this, you know, LeBron has told people, you know, thank you for thinking of us, thank you for thinking of of us, and, you know, for all the thoughts and prayers, but right now, he's probably, you know, struggling, and I'm sure Savannah is too, and I'm sure, you know, Bronny's siblings are as well. It's just really tough, because Bronny's 18, so right now, you know, we just kind of have to, like, hope things are going to get better. I'm sure they will. But here's the next question is, what's going to happen next? Now, I'm sure people are asking, well, will Bronny play basketball this year? I feel like that's too early to ask. I mean, I think the hope is that he will play. But right now, it's still very early on. I think right now, he just needs to, you know, start feeling better, okay. And then when he's ready, and I'm sure LeBron and Savannah are going to make sure that he's not stressing himself out too much. When he's ready, that he'll start playing basketball again and hopefully get on the court to play for USC. Moving on to our next point, which is in regards to a former Alabama star in Calvin Wrigley. Now, Calvin Wrigley, remember, was suspended all of last year for gambling. I know I don't agree with it. He definitely did not deserve the full year. But now he is turning heads at the Jacksonville Jaguars training camp. And I feel like with this, you know, he's definitely done a lot of great stuff here. I think he's going to, you know, continue to do very well for the Jaguars, and he has said that the rust is gone after his ban, which is terrific. Now, remember, Calvin Early was really great for the Atlanta Falcons. He was a great option there, and, you know, he was a great number two, then eventually he became the number one. He hasn't played in the NFL games since October 2021, when he had stepped away for his mental health and he was suspended. But right now, you know, he's coming into a team that has great options. You know, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, they just signed Evan Ingram and to a huge extension. Travis Etienne is still there. But I think right now, you know, with Calvin Early, this is going to be a really good spot for him. And I mean, here, we'll just even kind of look at his stats over the past few years. So remember, in 2020... He had over a 1,000 yards in 15 games played, and five games played in 2021, he had 281. But still, he has already 28 receiving touchdowns, and he was also terrific at Alabama, too. At Alabama, he had a 1,000 yards in his freshman year. He had 700 in his sophomore year, and in his junior year, he had 900. So he definitely is right up there, and I think he can make a difference and remember, he came from a pretty successful regime at Alabama. You know, they had Lane Kiffin, then they had Sark, then they had Brian Dable. Brian Dable is in the NFL. Lane Kiffin is a head coach. Sark is a head coach. So I feel like Calvin will be fine. But still, you know, with this, he's definitely ready to make some noise. And I think so are the Jacksonville Jaguars. And with it being Friday, it's time for Christie's Corner. She's going to break down some payday, some drama, And an Alabama star coming back to camp and time for him being able to play. As always, the floor is yours, Christy.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Christy's Corner. We have a lot of coaching drama to start with, and then we're going to finish off with some good, lighthearted news. So the first story that everybody's talking about is Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is set to be suspended for some cheeseburgers, (laughs) kind of. So he's in discussion about a four-game suspension from the NCAA. It's not necessarily from cheeseburgers. So what happened there was that he had some recruiting violations during the COVID-19 dead period, where basically coaches and teams were not allowed to do any recruiting or kind of, you know, talk to recruiters, make any deals. And during that time, he took two of his recruits out to eat. And there is an infamous receipt where he bought them some cheeseburgers. So that's the joke from that. But As the NCAA was looking into that and investigating that, Jim Harbaugh refused to cooperate with enforcement staff, even kind of giving them false information. So that's really where the punishment comes in. If he does get suspended for these four games, these games would be against East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Some of his players said, if this goes through, obviously their hearts are going to be sad that he's not on the field with them, but they feel prepared to play without his coaching. So he will not be allowed to participate in any game day activities with the team on these four games. He will, however, be able to coach them in the weeks prior. So they're still being coached by him and trained by him the week leading up to the game. He just won't be there to make those crucial calls during the live game. Another coach who has found himself in some hot water is PJ Fleck. He is the head coach of the Minnesota Gophers, and there have been some mistreatment allegations against him. He says these are baseless allegations that have actually been looked into since 2017, and nothing has come of them. But a few former players claim that He specifically has overlooked positive drug tests, um, all kinds of stuff. Basically, they said there's this thing called the Fleck Bank where if you earn enough good points with P.J. Fleck, he'll overlook some things. And if you don't, you had crazy punishments like excessive workouts. They said it was a cult-like culture. It was very intimidating. Now PJ did speak on the Fleck bank and he said yes he did say that, but it was an analogy basically the more you buy into the program at Minnesota the more you're going to get out of it he said there were no actual exchanges of money or these coins that people have mentioned he also said of course there's consequences if team members and team players do make some silly choices, especially if they're late or skip class. They have to write an apology letter to their professor. If it's a football-related thing, they will have early workouts or early watching a film. And those, I think those are all respectable things that kind of come with football. Um, I don't think much is going to come out of this, especially if it's something that stems from a story that was originally out in 2017. I think something would have come of it by now there is also an NFL coach who is out and stirring the pot and that is Sean Payton. He is kind of on a rant. Um, You'll know he's the Broncos new coach right now and he's kind of going after Nathaniel Hackett. You know Nathaniel Hackett was their coach last year and Sean Payton said that was the worst year the Broncos have ever had. I don't know that he's wrong. I mean, I don't know too much about the Broncos' history, but that was an ugly year for the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett is now the Jets' OC, so of course the Jets' head coach, you know, kind of had to speak to that. He didn't necessarily name Peyton or kind of fire back at him, but he did say, You know, if you don't have any haters, you're not doing well, and that criticism is a sign of how far that the Jets team has come. Peyton also said that the Jets have been seeking attention this offseason. I'm not sure how, maybe by getting Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, if you had the chance, why wouldn't you? But they do play October 8th, so that should be a good matchup just because of this boiling they've got going on. All right, so my next three points are going to be a little more lighthearted than all that drama. So we have some big paydays for a couple players. Unfortunately, only one of them is a running back. We've been vowing for our running backs here lately. The first player to get a huge raise is a left tackle, Andrew Thomas. He signed an extension with the Giants, and it's a record-setting one for his position. It's a five-year deal worth $111.7 million with a $67 million guarantee. And the next one to get paid is old Bama boy, Trayvon Diggs. He is a cornerback for the Cowboys. He signed a five-year extension worth $97 million with a two, $21.25 million signing bonus and a $42.3 million guarantee. And then we finally had a small contract for a running back. Saquon Barkley did sign a one-year deal for $10 million with a $2 million guarantee, and he said he's disappointed that this was not a long-term contract. I don't know what the deal is with not wanting to pay these running backs or even give them an extension of more than a year, but congratulations to him. I hope he proves them wrong. And finally, with the biggest one of all, Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the Chargers. He signed a five-year, get ready for this, $262.5 million contract. This is making him the highest paid quarterback in NFL history, beating Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Obviously, the Chargers are super invested in Justin, and I feel like this has kind of become a competition like who can pay their quarterback the most but it did give Justin the feeling I think he said that he feels like he can go out there and play now without having to worry about anything which I mean if you're making that much you don't have much to worry about right. Another player we are going to see, I say back on the field, but we haven't actually seen him on the field since he's been drafted, is Jonathan Mechie. You'll remember him from Alabama. He did get injured. During that injury process, they found that he had leukemia, so he missed all of his rookie 2022 season. He is back. He was at day one training camp with the Texans on Wednesday. Um, they said he didn't look like the star you saw from Bama, but I don't think we can expect that from him. You know, he had his ACL tear, he tore his hamstring, the guy had leukemia. His body has gone through so much. He did win some one-on-one battles coming off the line of scrimmage in the slot. So, I mean, he is doing some impressive things. I hope we see him and I hope he stays healthy. And last but not least is Bryce Young. Congratulations. He is officially the starter for the Carolina Panthers. Um, Frank Reich was quoted in saying, yes, he's quarterback one. <laughs> he kept it short and sweet. And this came after the first day of training camp. They really like his culture that he's bringing to the team. They like his leadership, which if you're an Alabama fan, We're not surprised. We could have told you that till you were blue in the face. But we are super excited for him. I know I'm excited to, you know, see everything he can do and join Mac and Tua and Jalen out there doing great things. But that is all I have for you today. So I will see you next week. Bye. As
0: always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. It's pretty crazy to think that with this I guess news coming around that we have so much drama with PJ Fleck and then with Jim Harbaugh potentially getting suspended. But alongside that, you know, I'm super excited for John Mechie to come back. You know, he beat lymphoma. He is, you know, now cleared to play and he's going to have a great year. I mean, him matching up with a rookie quarterback in CJ Stroud is going to be great. And also just shout out to Bryce Young, you know, being named a starting quarterback And it's training camp, you know, this is so huge for him. I feel like Alabama now has four quarterbacks who are going to be terrific. Yes, I'm including Jalen, and if people want to debate that, then they can debate that. But Jalen started at Alabama, and he wouldn't be here without Alabama. But I'm so excited for this season when it comes to the NFL. Also, I'm very surprised, you know, that we have a left tackle being paid more than Saquon, especially because Saquon, you know, has had some great years. But, I mean, Saquon's going to be playing so that's all what matters but we will keep you updated on that but finally in regards to a team in the small market we are focusing on the new orleans saints who made a very interesting signing and in bringing in jimmy graham now jimmy graham did get a start with the saints and he was a terrific tight end for the saints for so many years but it's definitely a little interesting to see jimmy graham back with the saints especially because he's been away for so long Now, I really don't know why they brought in Jimmy Graham especially because they have a really good tight end in Jawan Johnson. They also just signed Foster Moreau. And then you've also got some other players as well who are still there. But really with this, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see. You know, maybe he's meant to be a mentor. Maybe he's there to be a red zone target. He still has a lot left in the tank. And who knows, you know, maybe Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael will – adapt a three tight end idea for the offense. I mean, you know, maybe he'll be a great blocker. Maybe he'll mentor, you know, Foster Moreau and Juwan Johnson. But with this, I mean, it's very interesting to see. And, you know, they also did something similar by bringing in Trey Turner for some depth. So we'll see how that goes. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm excited that they're making some moves. It's going to be, you know, very interesting time and input as well. But we'll just have to see. Remember, you know, with it being training camp, they are going to be making a lot of moves and a lot of weird and interesting decisions over time because that's what training camp is really all about. But that was going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We couldn't have done it without y'all. We couldn't have been creating all this content without y'all's support. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast. My personal Instagram, Jake's Still 14 or my personal Twitter, at Jake. As always, you can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok at ChristyMerry underscore double zero. This is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports of different forms of variety. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends, help us out. It's truly been great being able to create content for y'all over the summer. And as always, you can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. And as always, as always, we will see you on Tuesday with our another episode. But until then, continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Be a light in this world. Remember, the world is still a very scary and very interesting place, and it needs our help. And as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.